Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars Daily Sports Podcast. It's Wednesday, April 8th. I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Today we hear from Royals manager Mike Matheny, who spent about 20 minutes on a conference call with reporters on Tuesday. There's some interesting stuff there, like how the Royals are keeping tabs of their players who are spread across the country and in different countries during the COVID-19 pandemic. He touched on the idea of Major League Baseball reconvening in Arizona in May, as originally reported by ESPN's Jeff Passan, and how eager Matheny is to start managing again after a year away from the bench. But first, we check in with Royals beat writer Lynn Worthy and talk about what a baseball season with all 30 teams playing in the Phoenix area would look like. So here we go with Lynn, and then after a break, we'll pick up the Mike Matheny question and answer session. All right, Lynn, we heard from Mike Matheny, Royals manager, yesterday in, a, in about a 20-minute Q&A with, with reporters. You were part of that, and it came on the heels of a pretty interesting report by our buddy Jeff Passan at ESPN, former star reporter who, um, who broke the news about baseball maybe returning a little bit sooner than we anticipated but in a in quite an unusual way. What um, what what do you make of the idea of baseball maybe coming back uh, in in a month to six weeks in one location? To me, it's still just a lot of the logistical things to make that happen. I, I feel like there's a lot of questions that I still have that I'm sure people in baseball still have that um, the answers to which decide whether or not this is really feasible. Um, I mean, I think the idea of getting baseball back as soon as possible is something that a lot of people would be, you know, on board for, assuming that you can make sure it's safe and um, that you're not taking away from resources that, you know, are needed elsewhere in the country right now, which is a big if. Um, but still, I, like, I mean, one of the big things to me is like, is the number of people that you'd end up having to sort of sequester or um, sort of lock down in this sort of baseball bubble here that they're talking about. Um, Cause when I think about a team and, you know, people say, Oh, well, you know, you get 25 to 30 guys. And, but it's, uh, it's probably like almost double that <laughs> or, you know, maybe even yeah, at least that, right? when you start talking about, I mean, cause you know, maybe you expand the rosters to 28, 29, 30. Um, but you still need more players than that because nobody goes through the season with just the guys that are on your roster. I mean, and I don't think that changes just because of, you know, you're putting them all in one spot and you're not traveling. I think there's still, you're talking about playing 120, 130 games that um, you have to factor in. You're going to need, you know, more pitchers because you're talking about playing double headers regularly. You're going to need uh, more position players. You're going to be playing in 120 degree temperatures in Arizona on a daily basis. So you're going to need extra guys. So I think you probably need at least your full 40 man roster. And, you know, that means keeping trying to keep those guys around, working out, trying to keep them somewhat sharp on a regular basis. But and I'm not sure if you just get through with your 40, man. But um, I think you need at least that. And then you add in staff, managers. I mean, I was looking at the uh, the Royals list, I think, between coaches and staff, 16 people. And that's not including the clubhouse people and the video guys. And, you know, so I think that number is really a lot higher than that. And so you add that to a 40, man, I think you get close to – 60 or 70 people real quick and then times up by 30. So you're talking a good 2000 people before you even get to the people that, you know, outside of that in stadiums and 
you know, camera people and the hotels where people are sequestered. So it's a lot of people. I mean, I think that's the first thing that hits me is just how big that number is and what an undertaking that is to actually pull that off. Um, yeah. And so we're, and we're talking about, you know, obviously we're talking about the Phoenix area where there exists not only the, the stadium where the Diamondbacks play, but, you know, many, many um, spring training facilities uh, for, for half of, you know, for half of major league baseball, the other half trains in Florida, but yeah, bringing every team to the, the Phoenix area. And as you said, having to put them in hotels, having to, um, you know, get the meals and, and, um, you know, and, and all the, the logistical problems of, of, of that, what, 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 what might something like this even look like? Would, would they, would they play games, you know, multiple games in a day? Are we talking about the double headers or what do you, what, what, what is, what have you allowed your mind to conjure on, on a, you know, 30, 30 baseball teams in one city using, I don't know, a dozen stadiums and um, you know, at least to at least get the baseball season started. Yeah, I mean, and again, the, the logistical stuff aside, and the, those are big ifs there, but to think about if this could actually get pulled off and you're saying every Major League Baseball team is going to be within that sort of small baseball bubble and playing the, you know, whether it's going to be a, a half a season, well, more than half a season, at least that's the idea, but, you know, two-thirds of a season, and that sort of environment is, you know, if you let yourself think about it, that's sort of a cool thing to think about, just every baseball team being in this, you know, small area playing games every day. Um, you know, the idea of, you know, maybe there's uh, two two games a day in certain places, three games maybe in some places, depending on the day, if they can work that out. Um, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's crazy to think about double headers on a regular basis. I mean, it's just um, baseball overload, you know, the type of thing that, uh, you know, where every everything in the baseball world is sort of right there uh, in the, I should say, the baseball world, in, you know, in this country, at least in um, North America, I should say, is, uh, is, is right there in one place would be sort of crazy to think about. It would be a cool thing to, to be a part of, assuming, again, that it'd be safe and um, you'd be able to do it. Um, but, yeah, so I think from that extent, it would be, um, you know, especially at a time where there's no sports to have all – of baseball in one place playing daily all the best players in the game in the same place on a regular basis uh that would be pretty cool to see and then just to see how teams work around what's going to be a new format in terms of um you know just the rosters and everything else and, and playing um you know all these games in sort of a shortened period of time um but also playing with no fans in the stands there's, there were talk of, you know, the players wouldn't even be in dugouts. They'd be spread out to, you know, maintain that social distancing. Um, right. And uh, so it would be it would be sort of a cool thing to imagine to see how it would unfold. Um, I just uh, for me, it's still a matter of sort of getting past the steps that would need to take place for them to be able to, you know, feel like this is feasible and safe to do. But um, it, it is sort of need to think about what it would look like to have, you know, not just baseball back, but baseball back in this sort of, uh, you know, Mecca of baseball out in Arizona. Right. Well, there's a little bit of a trial run uh, going on somewhere you know, across the globe in South Korea right now with the Korean professional leagues back on the field playing some scrimmages 
uh, in empty stadiums with masks and trying to, um, you know, trying to see if they can restart their, their season. Um, I've, and I, these, some of these scrimmages are on YouTube. You can find them on, on, um, you know, on social media. So, uh, they've, they've been doing it for, I don't, I don't know when they restarted, but it's just been a, a few days, I suppose, since South Korea has been, uh, running these scrimmages. So, I guess the world is looking at, um, at at how it's being handled there to see if it's it's a possibility in the U.S. and and I look at one one positive you know it, it, they tried this in Japan even earlier and uh, trying to uh, with with the sequestered teams and then a couple of players on one team got the virus and they had to shut it all down again so and I suspect that would happen in Korea right now and and could happen in you know, if, you know, if Major League Baseball decided to go ahead with this, you you have one positive test on a team and you're going to have to quarantine for a couple of weeks. So that's another, you know, just another potential you know, problem for, for doing it this way. So, hey, uh, Lynn, Mike Matheny was asked about this on, uh, on, on Tuesday. He held about a 20 minute Q&A with, with reporters. We're going to play that in its entirety here after you and I finish gabbing but uh, what was there any any kind of uh, uh, revelation, or did you learn anything from from the Mike Matheny update? I know he's he's had some one on ones with reporters here in the last couple of weeks, but I think this was the first group session that I've I've seen him on, and uh, I enjoyed it. And um, and I was a little bit uh, one thing I that surprised not surprised me, but I learned from from him was just the the extent to which the the Royals are keeping their eyes on their players who are scattered across the country. I I imagine every major league team is doing this, but to hear it from Mike Matheny was interesting. Yeah, and I think um, you know, I I wasn't sure and I mean you'll play it, but I wasn't sure if he how he would address it or if he would address it all because I think Major League Baseball has sort of wanted teams not to speculate and sort of speak out of turn about things that might go on. But he was pretty candid. He did, he, he did obviously make sure to uh, preface it by the fact that there was speculation. But, um, you know, he, he was pretty clear that he thought anything to get back to baseball, he was sort of anxious and excited about. Um, but overall, I think just the, um, the, the idea of how often they keep in touch as a staff and also with the players, like he was saying that players probably hear from somebody on the staff three to five times a week. Um, the fact that they're, you know, they're sending back videos. I mean, like they're doing Zoom calls and things like that with the staff, and they're having sort of small group sort of communications um, with the st- between the staff and players. But also just the fact that you know they're seeing videos from players. The guy has a question about something he's sort of working on on a swing because you know he's got some sort of setup where he can go and take swings, whether it's in the backyard or if he's sort of. Um, I think Joey Votto from the Rangers had that video that was on Twitter where he literally had like a tee and a net that he was hitting into in his house somewhere. Um, so like guys are able to send videos back to the coaching staff. Pitchers are able to throw, uh, throw you know, bullpen sessions and send that video to the coaching staff to get feedback. And then there's, you know, um, they're in communication with the strength coaches and things too. I, in the story I wrote, I mentioned, I, I saw on Instagram a whole video of just different, uh, aspects of Salvador Perez's workout from catching drills to running on the street to, um, you know, doing box jumps and workouts and uh, look like this patio type area. So there's, there's a lot more back and forth and a lot more just being able to get eyes on through 
technology than I probably expected. Okay, we're going to hear uh, Mike Matheny talk about this, and you'll hear it in its entirety after a break. Hey, Lynn, thanks for hanging out with us, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50, unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Just wondering, uh, over the last three weeks, how many different scenarios you've kind of come up with in terms of what your roster might look like uh, whenever we do resume? Well, I think like uh, like everybody else, Flanny, just um, you know, kind of uh, – You'd have to speculate at this point, not knowing exactly how it's going to work out. You hear a lot of different ideas, roster sizes, um, but more than anything else, just uh, just trying to keep in touch with all the guys. And um, you know that that's been kind of the focus: is how do we stay in touch with the players, and uh, how do we keep them all engaged, and uh, hopefully um, trying to stick somewhere close to where they were when they left Arizona. So, um, you know, trying still to not commit to, you know, eliminating anybody or um, trying to figure out um, what what the guys are needing at this point to help give them a chance to jump right back into the competition when we get back together. No guitar? You know, no tambourine for you? I was waiting. <laughs> I was ready hey, to jam. Come on, man. I can, I, can find, I can find a guitar if you're lead vocals here. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> All right, Flanny. Who's next? Mike, it's Alec. Um, what's a, what is a day like for you right now? I mean, I, I imagine it's like part phone calls, maybe spending time with family. Just like walk us through what a day is like right now for you. Yeah, all, all the above. And there's uh, there's no doubt we've had more family time than uh, I ever anticipated. And it's been great. You know, three boys home from college. Um, so, Having dinners together every night, that's a special deal for us. But uh, during the day, we're trying to stay in touch. We're trying to get to work. So we, uh, we have a, another Zoom call lined up tomorrow with all the staff. Uh, we have uh, some small group Zoom calls uh, lined up to break the guys into different groups and just kind of a whole lot of different topics, um, going through rules, going through um, some of the individual groups with as far as catchers or outfielders, infielders, throwing some different things out to hitters, throwing some different scenarios out there, even some baseball 101. I don't know if any of you have seen some of the videos the coaches are, are doing, but uh, we've been posting some of those as well. But just trying to take that up a, a notch to uh, to make sure that we're communicating with the players in a, in a unique way. Um, but I, I think this Zoom stuff, um, FaceTime, however we can get a little bit of eye to eye, even though it's via technology um i think that's our next step we've done a lot of texting done a lot of phone calls these guys are probably getting between 
three and five calls a week from somebody on staff. So we're staying in touch. They're doing a great job of sending over videos, whether it's their swings, whether it's their, their side sessions or their bullpens that they're makeshifting, whether it's thrown into a net or to a screen, or if they do have somebody in the house that they can, they can work out with. So it's um, Alec, we've just tried to really turn up the volume with uh, communication and feel like that's one of the most important things we can do right now. I don't know if you've seen like in the last day, there's this report about possibly playing in Arizona. What, what do you think of that? Just really broadly broad. I'm curious just what you think of that idea. Well, obviously it's once again, I think uh, the title of our conversation is speculation, right? So um, <laughs> that's uh, that's the first step as we know that, that there are just kind of some ideas that are being thrown out there, but I'm, I'm excited that major league baseball, and the commissioner's office, uh, they're, they're in conversation and they're in contact with, with uh, the powers that be and, and with our politicians and with our health officials to try and figure out um, how, how could we possibly do this? How could we be safe and make sure that we're safeguarding everybody, but also trying to figure out a way to get the game going. And uh, that, that's exciting for me. I know it's exciting for our players to hear. Now, whether that exactly how it was lined out today, whether that's that's how it goes or not. But the fact that uh, we see and we hear that there are people trying to figure out how to make this happen, I think our nation needs it right now. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. All right, Al. Yeah. Hey, Mike. It's Lynn. How you doing? Good. I'm doing great, Lynn. Thanks. Um, I wondered how what um how would you describe sort of the the tone you try to set when you're communicating with the players because there's this sort of in between time where you guys know. You're taking time with their family, but they're still trying to stay sharp and stay ready. I mean, what's um, for you as you're communicating, your staff communicating with them? Yeah, you know, from the first time I reached out to them, Lynn, I uh, kind of sent a whole, uh, an email out to, to everybody that was still in camp and, and just encouraging them uh, more of the mental gymnastics of not looking at this like a, another version of an off season. Um, and the way that I termed it, I stole it from, from, uh, from Brad Keller when he said it just feels like a really long rain delay. And, and I said, I think that's the idea is how do you stay sharp, still kind of ready in your mind, but not knowing exactly the timing. And I think that's probably, it'd be a competitive edge to our guys if they could stay in that mode, uh, at least on the mental side, which then drives to what they're doing their work. So first and foremost, you know, when, when we check in with them, it's, you know, tell us how things are going with you and your family. Um, you have any concerns or questions, then we direct them to people who they might have, have some better answers than what we as a coaching staff would have. And then after that, it's, all right, how can we help prepare something? And uh, uh, Stoney uh, in the strength department, Nick Kenny and our trainers, they've all put together some really good plans for these guys. Even if they're in lockdown and they're in their homes, uh, there's some pretty detailed and pretty tough workouts. I can send them to you guys if you want them. But um, some workouts that you don't really need anything except some home equipment and, and maybe some TRX bands or some stretch bands, um, but they'll, they'll challenge you and uh, you can do those inside the confines of your home. So trying to, to get in with guys on a consistent basis, just to hear what some of the struggles they're having. Um, but more, more importantly, just trying to let them know that we, we don't know how this thing's going to play out and that, that flip could switch at any, any time in our, are we going to be ready? So have your mind ready and have your body as close to being ready as uh, what we can do while still, you know, playing along and follow the rules and being really careful and being safe for not just ourselves, but for others. Um, but just trying to keep all that messaging pretty consistent. 
Hey, Mike, Rob Collins of Fox 4. How long would it take the guys to get ready physically? Do you have a timetable? What do you think, just because you can't really talk to them very often and see physically from your perspective? Well, you know, we are getting some pretty good feedback. They're showing, they're sending us some videos of when they're throwing. And, uh, you know, the starters are kind of trying to simulate every five days throwing somewhat of a pin, even if it's in their garage to a net. Um, which that's really, even in a normal spring training, I think that's our concern is how do we keep our pitchers, get them built up, have them ready. Um, and then you, you figure that the, the hitters are going to catch up when they get the live looks and they get enough of them. Uh, that magic timing, you know, I've heard everywhere from, from four weeks all the way down to two. I think two's a push unless, unless you were really just kind of stuck in tight confines to, to where you'd have to make that work. And uh, you'd get bored playing against a, an inner squad situation every single day. But, um, you know, I think we could make just about anything work. Um, but there, there would just have to be, once again, there's a lot of speculation to roster size, which that starts talking about your pitching and how do we protect guys' arms. And I think uh, a lot of those questions are, are being thought through from the commissioner's office and uh, excited to hear kind of where it goes from here and uh, what we can do to, to kind of help make it work whenever they, they give us the green light. But I know that there's a group of people that are uh, spending a lot of time trying to figure out what that magic number is. And the commissioner's office has been in conversation with us and asking myself and the coaching staff, what, what do you think about these? And we give answers just like I gave. I, I think it would somewhere, it need to be somewhere around three weeks, probably an ideal situation, but we'll make whatever work. We'll make it work. Thanks. Sure. Hey, hey Mike, Todd Lebo at Sports Radio 810. Uh, first off, logistically, where are all your players right now? Are they all around the, the country? Have, and and kind of are they have, have they encountered coronavirus? Any any of their families, any of their friends? What what's kind of reports are you getting from them on that? Yeah, uh, Todd, we don't have anybody that's been affected um, personally uh, to our knowledge yet. And once again, we're in pretty close communication, and none, none of their family members. Uh, but they are all over the country. We have uh, guys. Uh, even down the Dominican Republic, uh, we have a larger group down in Miami. We still have some guys who decide just to stay in the Phoenix area. Um, and we have everyone else, uh, even guys uh, in uh, New Jersey area, a couple, two, actually two players in New Jersey who you know, we keep in close contact with them. They seem to be close to the epicenter of this. But it's uh, wherever their hometowns are, a lot of them just wanted to get back with their families. And, and we understand that. And been pretty uh, impressive to watch how creative they've been to make sure that they're they're following the local guidelines, uh, but also doing whatever they can to, to stay baseball ready. And I think they bought into some of that messaging I was talking earlier about because um, they they feel that it's not going to take them long to get off the mound or to get in the box and and uh, get caught up to being pretty close to where they were when we left uh, Surprise. And do most of the guys have some sort of, especially the pitchers? Do they have a place where they can throw and kind of feel like they're really throwing a bullpen? Well, I think, uh, you know, I've had some videos sent where guys are in their own backyard and they built their own mound. Um, we had other guys, a number of these guys have had facilities or, or had cages even on their own properties already at home. So they've, they've had an advantage for sure. Um, but there are a couple who've had to get a little more creative in their garage, um, but they'd have somebody in their family they can play catch with and simulate a, a bullpen. But for the most part, um, they're, they're kind of falling into that routine that they had. Now, they're not getting into the gym because most of the gyms uh, all across the country are going to be closed down. That's a tough spot to be. But um, they're finding out ways to get the workouts in. But the baseball thing, they're, they're making it happen in, you know, sometimes just creative spaces.
you mentioned early on there, kind of taking advantage of having your, your boys at home and kind of enjoying that part of it. But just personally, how anxious are you to get back and be a manager of a major league baseball team? You went through all the, the off season and the work down and, and surprise. And now you're in this waiting game. How, how anxious are you just for yourself to get out there and, and get after this thing? Yeah. I, um, I think everybody who was in surprise, uh, would, would agree that it was just disappointing because things, uh, we're really tracking in a, in a great direction while we were in spring training. And uh, with that being said, um, we, we understand that uh, there are things that are outside of our control and much bigger issues. Um, so we've had to kind of just get past that disappointment. And uh, with that disappointment comes that just readiness. And I've uh, not just preaching to these guys um, about just staying ready in your mind. It's truly what I'm doing as well. So trying to stay on top of as many things as I can. And most of that's just staying in touch with the players and uh, trying to figure out with our staff what we can do to, uh, to be ready when that bell rings because you just never know if, uh, if something happens and, and, and all of a sudden we're, we're put in a different direction. Thanks. Hope to see you soon. All right. Thank you. Hey, Mike. Uh, Mick Schaefer, 41 Action News. How you doing? I'm doing good, Mick. Thank you. Good. Hey, um, if, if a plan does hatch similar to the one in, in Phoenix, everybody goes down there and plays in the desert uh, and, and guys are forced to isolate and quarantine from like their entire families, their wives and, and, and their kids. How, how big of an ask would that be for, for you and your players? Well, I mean, uh, we always talk about balance and our organization does a great job of making sure that we're trying to encourage guys to, to have more than just baseball, but you know, this is uh, these are, these are, these are times where you just kind of have to get out of the comfort zone sometimes. So uh, I don't think it would be ideal. Um, and I think kind of along the same thought process, we've been talking here, let's go down. And, and if, if in fact that is something that happens or something along those lines, um, jump in and just do what we can and trust that you never know when, when we may be able to get reconnected with our families and trust uh, the leaders of our government and the health officials that when they believe it's safe and it's right, uh, we'll be able to do that. But until then, we have an opportunity to go make an impact. I, I, I just, uh, that's one of the things that excites me most is, you know, being a part, you know, right after 9-11, watching how baseball went. And I remember thinking like, wow, you know, this is just not as big a deal as what's going on globally right now. But watching how baseball was part of the healing process and realizing and talking with our guys about the privilege of being able to uh, to be a part of that and, and could bring just a, a great source of escape and a, a distraction to, to a, a world that's looking for something a little bit different, something a little different in the news. I think it'd be a great honor if uh, we're able to make this work. And and I think part of that would be some sacrifices from what you would normally have. Thanks. Uh, Mike, uh, Len Jennings with KNBC. Uh, first off, I'll take you up on your offer for a workout because I need something uh, to get back into shape. Uh, <laughs> All and, right, we'll uh, <laughs> But you had, you had some – and going back on the Flannies question about the roster, and I know you, you're not sure about the expanded roster, but you had some young guys like Brady Singer doing well in spring training. Uh, does it kind of impact if you're going to have a shortened season or a uh, – well, you will have a short, but when baseball comes back, how does that – deal with when you're kind of putting a roster together when you have some of these young guys is it better to shelve them for the season or, or to bring them up or I know it's a decision that you're you don't know when you're going to make yeah that that's uh that's going to be uh, a pretty deep uh, question that that's going to have to go through multiple layers and levels to to get to the right answer with that and um obviously 
be we'll be in close conversation with Dayton and uh, with with JJ Piccolo and, and the development staff and, and trying to figure out. Uh, and Dayton's been very clear from the beginning. A guy just first has to show that he's ready, and and then there has to be an opportunity. Now, if you start talking about expanded rosters, or you start talking about having you know trying to, to get creative on on how you're going to be able to to have enough pitching to uh, get as many games in, I think you start going outside of maybe uh, any templates you've ever had before. So, um, but I know we're, we, we've got, we have some some really impressive players um, that, that have been at the major league level. We, we still have quite a few pitchers in camp that we believe we have that kind of depth that allow us to compete without ever putting somebody in a, in a position that they're not ready for. And so I think that would be the, the number one key is how are we, how are we certain that, that this particular player is ready? Uh, e- even understanding that, you know, things have changed. It's a different atmosphere and environment. Um, are, th- are they ready for this challenge? And it's going to, it's going to look different um, from some of the different speculation that's out there right now. And if that were the case, then you'd have to expect that you'd have to get aggressive with how you use your roster and maybe some of your younger players. Thanks, Mike. Hey, Mike, this is uh, Lynn again. I just had one question I wanted to ask you about. Um, you're talking about some of the young guys there. I wondered for some of the veteran guys, specifically a guy like Salvi who was coming back or a guy like Gordo who, you know, is obviously, you know, um, in the past talked about retirement. Um, is there more of a sense of urgency in your interaction with those guys where they have this time where they just have to be away from the game? Yeah, you know, I think it, Lynn, I, I think there could be a, a blessing in disguise for maybe a couple guys, and I don't know if Gordo falls into that as much as Salvi, um, you know, at being a year out from the surgery, and you saw every day how ready this guy was. So, um, but knowing that we are going to have to kind of temper how we went about working with him, um, you know, I, I think the extra extra time probably plays into his hand. I would say Mondesi is probably in that same camp. Uh, he was being real close to whether he was going to be ready for opening day. This little extra time should should help him. Uh, but for the majority of the guys, you know, we were we were in a really good place health wise. So um, I don't think we really look at uh, the season any differently. One, we just don't know what we're looking at. Um, and and the, the second thing is each of these guys train their mind as well as they train their body to be ready to play every single game that they let us play. So depending on how this thing plays out and, you know, First of all, we're speculating baseball, period. I mean, there, there are a lot of uh, doubters out there of what will happen. I, I tend to take that optimistic viewpoint that somehow this is going to get worked out at some point. And I just don't want the guys to, to be prepared that, that that's going to happen sooner than later. I, I think we could always tone it back on the backside and, instead of trying to flip the switch and turn it on. And every single one of our players, whether it's the veteran like Gordo and Salvi or, or whether it's some of our, our guys who are in their first spring camp, um, there's no real perfect way to go about it at this point, except to keep training, uh, keep your mind engaged. And that's where we as coaches are, are trying to step in and, and just keep challenging them a little bit differently of maybe some of the things that uh, they need to be thinking about during the season and uh, start getting their mind ready as if we're going to start here real soon. And then uh, know that we're prepared just in case that bell does ring. Well, that'll do it for today. Thanks for listening, and thanks to our production crew of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welch, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Links to the stories we discussed are in the show notes, and all of Lynn's Royals coverage can be found on KansasCity.com and Kansas.com. We told you earlier about a Sports Pass offer, and that offer is still on the table. 
If you want to add all of the STARS coverage, including news of the COVID-19 pandemic, there's a way to get that as well. Go to account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe and sign up for the digital subscription. We'll be back on Thursday for another Sports BKC where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.